It all started when a young buck named... No Brains, No Headache podcast, episode 21, coming at ya. I'm your host, Jordan. Matt's gonna join me shortly here. On today's show, we had an interview with author Jeff Perlman. He's written several books about sports, a few of which have spent time on the New York Times bestseller list. We also have Criminal of the Week, Cleary's Comments, Olympics of Duos, open for interpretation, and finish it up with Mini Helmet Fantasy Football, Week 5. Let's get it on. Oh, gnarly! Our guest this week is author Jeff Perlman. He has written nine books all about professional sports. Most recently, in 2020, he released Three Ring Circus, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the Crazy Years of the Lakers Dynasty. And back in 2018, he released Football for a Buck, which is about the United States Football League, which Matt is currently reading now. So I hope you enjoy the interview. I just want to preface this by saying Matt claimed that him and I are 27 during the interview, when in fact we are 26. So we'll ask him later what that was all about. But here he is, Jeff Perlman. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm Matt. Uh, I was the one that was DMing you. This is Jordan. Uh, we have. A- you didn't tell me Jordan was going to be here, Matt. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try again later. Well, I'm the host, so it's probably appropriate that I'm here. <laughs> Matt, what are you even doing here? Nobody invited you, Matt. Is it? <laughs> That's kind Jordan of how a lot of the interviews we do go. It's like uh, there's two of you. Yeah, but, but uh, um, so I'm actually just getting into reading football for a buck. I'm about a hundred pages in right now. Uh, oh man, thank you. Yeah, and I do have a. Uh, Three Ring Circus in the mail right now is kind of back ordered through Amazon. So I think a lot of people are buying it. Yeah. Um, it's never good. I mean, it's good. It's a good sign, but it's never good when like you go to your Amazon page and it's like book will be delivered October 23rd. You know, that's like, that means the publisher did something wrong. So anyway. Yeah. I think it should be but, here uh, this week, but uh, I just got to the point in the book where I think it was the Denver gold gave free beer one night. Oh yeah, and started yeah. just a full on riot, and yeah, that's no good. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, in altitude. That was actually the USML Championship game, and that was the uh, it was in Denver, and it was um, yeah, they did a free beer promotion in altitude. Not a good thing before <laughs> the game. Yeah, that I mean, I went to Wrigley Field last year, and they had like eleven dollar beer day, and that wasn't good for anyone. So yeah, but yeah, yeah it was uh, books great so far. Um, it gets worse from wherever you are. <laughs> the USFL, they had a lot of like antics that went on. Um, I'm sure you interviewed like what, 400 and some people for it. Did you ever get an interview yeah. with some of the owners or. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did. did you get Trump? I did not. <laughs> but he was running for president. So in his defense and Lord knows I never defend him. He, he probably had more important things to do than talk to a guy about the USFL. So I do. Okay. I do not blame him for not talking. I'm a big fan of the USFL as well, and I find it very interesting that you wrote about it. But considering how that league ended up and then the series of events after that, which ultimately led to the 2016 election to now, do you ever think about how all that lined up and could have been completely different if Donald Trump got his wish to be an NFL owner? Oh, yeah. I mean, none of this happens. And, you know, yeah, of course. I think about that every now and then. I mean, you know, there's a million different, every twist of history has left turns and right turns that result in where we are, you know? So, um, but yeah, I don't think if he becomes an NFL owner, we're talking about president Donald Trump right now. He'd probably be a pretty decent NFL owner actually, which, you know, pretend to spend a lot of money and he would, he would, he loves talking a lot of trash and he would brag. And I mean, he, he'd be kind of Jerry Jones, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a, uh, that's a great comparison. Um, kind of want to pivot into three ring circus. Cause I'm sure that's what you've been talking just a ton about. And uh, so we're actually from North Dakota where Phil Jackson's from uh, oh, cool. jo- Jordan went to UND. So you got to interview Phil Jackson for the book. How did you even make that possible? Cause I know being from North Dakota, you always hear that Phil Jackson is off the grid, off the radar. You don't really see him in the public eye very much unless it's a Michael Jordan documentary. How did, how did that come to be? Well, I, um, I know Jeannie Buss a little bit, the owner of the Lakers, because I wrote a book called Showtime about the 80s yep. Lakers. And 
we kind of forged a relationship. Can't say we're friends, but definitely friendly. And she's come. I teach at a college in in uh, about an hour and twenty minutes south of LA, and she's come and spoken to my class before. So I asked her just for her advice. How would you go about getting Phil? And she uh, emailed him, and she said, "Oh, you can email him and set it up." And initially, he wanted to just do it over the phone. And I said, "What if I come out to Montana, where he lives?" He said, "All right." And I went out to Montana. I ended up getting eight hours with him, just driving. Very nice, like very nice guy. He likes to talk. Um, likes to talk not about basketball. You know, it's a lot about like history and family and Native Americans and blah blah blah. And um, he was great. So sometimes it just pays to be persistent, ask the right people. You know, it helps if you know the owner of the Lakers a little bit. You dated the guy you're trying to interview. You know, that always can't hurt. So you went out to Montana. It's like, from what I understand, Flathead Lakes a close or on an Indian reservation. And is I was thinking that Phil Jackson was like one of the more intimidating personalities in sports. Is that kind of the vibe you got right away? Or was he way different than you initially thought? I didn't think he would be intimidating. I don't know. How old are you guys? 27. Both of you 27. I mean, like, one thing that happens in this business, as you get older, you get less intimidated. Yeah. You just get less intimidated. You're not as intimidated anymore. And I'm 48 years old. So what am I mean, what's he going to tip? What am I going to say to me? If he says, fuck off, I go, okay. You know, like what? And I have a nice trip to Montana. Like, it doesn't matter. So I didn't, maybe when I was younger, maybe if I was 27, I was interviewing him, I would have sort of been more, you know, yep. scared or worried or whatever. But, you know, first thing I said to him, I thanked him for interviewing for the interview. And he said, I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for Jeannie. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but I wasn't, it wasn't intimidating. He, I mean, maybe he was testing me out. I don't really think so. Yeah. And we just spent the time together. And one thing you learn in this business, you just wanted to be a conversation. It's a whole key to it all. It's just conversational. And it really, it really was. It was just a conversation between two people. And, um, I, we've emailed since I I can't say I'm friends with them, but like, I think we have a, a nice, we forged a nice little relationship. You know, you just, the worst thing you can do is go into these interviews and be intimidated by someone or think like, we're all people. We all live, we all die. We all go to the bathroom. They're not, you know, like there's really nothing to be intimidated by generally. Yeah. I think Matt's just scared of people who smoke cigars and are over six feet tall, but yeah, I understand that. <laughs> well, I am over six feet tall, but I don't smoke a cigar. So you'll be okay. Uh, well, uh, since you're talking about interviews, in the Love Me, Hate Me book about Barry Bonds, what's that process like of interviewing all those people and keeping everything organized to get your point across and make sure you have some good material? It's intense. I'm very big into folders. Like, I literally print out every interview I do and arrange them chronologically and by subject, so I have them all sort of uh, ready for me when I'm ready to write or, you know, well-positioned. Um my philosophy is just call everyone. My general, my guiding principle in life is there's some minor leaguer who was invited to San Francisco Giants camp in 1997 who maybe never made the major leagues. He capped out a trip away, but he was in camp with the Giants in 1997 and he lasted three weeks in camp and he was shipped out. Barry Bonds will not remember that guy the moment he shipped out, but that guy will always remember being in camp with Barry Bonds. He might remember Barry Bonds buying him a cup of coffee. He might remember Barry Bonds telling him to go fuck yourself. He might remember Barry Bonds being a jerk. He might remember Barry Bonds being great. But he's going to remember it because it's Barry Bonds. So I'm, I'm a big believer in calling everyone you can, even if they were there for a day or a week or an hour, and seeing what they remember. Um, and, you know, if you're doing research and you see that you come across the name of the woman who sold Barry Bonds his house or the masseuse he went to one time or the whatever, you know, like, you just go all out and you try to talk to everyone. Yeah, That's all. I did notice that when I was going through the list of people that you interviewed or had talks with for Three Ring Circus and kind of the little guys of those at Lakers teams in the early 2000s, late 90s are some of the best personalities. Uh, how did you get J.R. Ryder? Because from what I remember, he was absolutely insane to the media in particular. I mean... So here's one thing I've learned over the years. I really have the hard way. I would not say he's insane. I would say he probably had, and I used to say that too. I'd be like, oh, that guy's insane. That guy's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't think he's crazy. I think he probably needed to be medicated, you know, like him yeah. probably. But um, I didn't have a phone number, so I just drove to his house one day. I had an address, just drove there. 
and I knocked on his door and um, he didn't know I was coming. He was not happy to see me. He was, uh, he was kind of like, who the hell are you? And I'm like, uh, I'm Jeff Perlman. I'm working on a book. It was a little awkward for a minute. I thought he was going to beat me up, but then I explained to him what I was doing and he talked to me for two hours. So, you know, I don't know. It would have sucked if I got beat up by J.R. Ryder, but I'd still have a good story to tell. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> uh, I'm a fan one. of knocking on doors. I'm yeah. a big fan of knocking on doors. I think if you can't reach someone by phone and you really need to talk to them, why not knock on the door? What's the worst that happens? They punch you in the face and you go home. You sue them, you buy a yacht, and you go home. <laughs> this was one guy that I really liked growing up because it gave me hope that I could play in the NBA. I ended up not being 6'9", but Mark Madsen, the mad dog. Uh, yeah. You talked to him, right? I did. And I did. did Shaq ever find him love? Because I know that Shaq was always trying to set him up for... He never found him love, but he uh, he tried very hard. Madsen is married now, so he did find okay. love. Kids. But he it was not Shaq arranged. But Shaq was, Shaq was very determined to find a nice Mormon girl for Mark Madsen. Um, yeah, very funny. Shaq's the best. I mean, he's probably the best teammate, superstar team I've ever written about. I'm assuming you were writing this book long before Kobe passed away, um, just because the amount of legwork that goes into getting all these interviews. Uh, what went through your mind that morning you woke up and you heard there was a helicopter crash and Kobe might, may or may not be dead, and then when you found out Kobe did die, what was your initial thoughts? Are you going to be perceived as an asshole of how you portray him? Or what were kind of you thinking right as that happened? Well, my first thoughts, I'm not just saying this had zero to do with the book. It was, like, oh, holy shit, this guy, this young man died. Mm-hmm. He's 41 years old. He's dead. So I swear that was my first, by far my first um, thought and my first thought for a while. And actually that day someone said to me, so is this good for your book? And I was bothered by that. You know, like it was just someone who misspoke, but I don't, I don't care. Like I'd rather the book not exist and this guy be alive for his kids and with his daughter who died too. So, you know, after a while you start thinking, how is this going to impact it? And I definitely was nervous about the idea that people would think here's some guy trying to capitalize on Kobe Bryant's death. People thinking he probably just rushed some book out after he died to make money. Um, it hasn't turned out bad, actually. I really, it really hasn't. I've, I think I've had two negative comments on Twitter that I've seen, and that's it. And people will be negative on Twitter about anything. So just getting two is not so bad, you know. Um, so it hasn't been so bad. The reviews have been good and positive, and I think I've made it clear. I have made it clear that um, I uh, the book was done before he died, you know. Is, is Twitter something you like to keep track of? Because I did notice that you have about 60,000 followers, but you also follow about 60,000 people. Yeah. Well, so here's my philosophy on Twitter. So it's funny because um, I'm the least cool Twitter person ever. Like your ratio, especially if you have a stupid blue check, is you're supposed to be someone who is followed by 60,000, but only follows like 120. That's like the Taylor Swift, Kobe Bryant, Skip Bayless follows nobody. But for me... As an author, whenever I'm working on a book, like if I'm working on a Shaq Kobe book, I will follow people who follow Shaq and Kobe marketing. You know, like I'm working on a book about your guy. So I want as many people who follow the Lakers to follow me. But the only way I know to do that is to actually follow them. So I gave up on being cool on Twitter a long time ago and realized my ratio. Every now and then someone would be like nice ratio as a, as a jab. And I'm like, I don't care. You know, like, what do I care? I'm, not, I'm 48 years old. Who am I trying to be cool to? You know, like, so... I don't know. I don't read that much. I mean, I, I read people on Twitter who I enjoy reading. I usually don't like scroll through like, you know, the boobs of the world. I guess I am a boob of the world. So I guess I wouldn't read. Well, congratulations on 60,000. We have about 600 and that's something we hang our hat on. So thank you for that. You know what? (laughs) There's a, it doesn't matter. It's all stupid anyway. Um, It's funny how people like it used to be, man, you have written X number of books, right? Or man, you blah, blah, blah. Or wow, you wrote for Sports Illustrated, whatever. Now it's like, wow, you have a blue check on Twitter. Wow, you have a Wikipedia page. It's like, that's all it took to be cool. That's all it took to get a wow from you is a blue check. The only reason I have a blue check on Twitter is because someone started a fake Jeff Perlman Twitter account and I complained. So they gave me a a blue check. I'm a nobody, you know, it doesn't matter. Well, I don't know about that, but some of your books, how I describe people are like, who are you interviewing this week for the podcast? I'm like, 
Uh, Jeff Perlman, not really sure why he messaged me back. I was just like, oh, let's see if we can get Jeff. I mean, I've listened to some of his interviews. This dude's awesome. Thinking that, oh, he'll never message me back. And then I get it and I'm like, oh, crap. Uh, I got to prepare for this. And then, <laughs> so like I was just flustered. And then, but then I saw a, your tweet like last night or the night before you were saying something along the lines of getting in line at the grocery store and this guy comes with like a hundred items. And I was like, oh, yeah. this guy's a normal guy. And I was Wait, like, I here's the thing to him. Here's the thing. That's very important. I'm being serious about this. And you, it, it relates to the Phil Jackson question. I really mean this. All right, so you guys are 27, I'm 48. I was just some guy at the University of Delaware who wanted to be a journalist. And then I was just a food and fashion writer for the National Tennessee. And then I was just a guy covering high school wrestling for the National Tennessee. And then I was just a guy checking facts at Sports Illustrated. And you move up and you have success, right? But like, literally, um, I was just at the supermarket. One of the reasons I was late for this, I was at the supermarket, my phone died, and I didn't know if the salmon was the right salmon. Like, Phil Jackson, like Phil Jackson's just a guy walking down the street. He coached. It's just not like I used to be that way. I would be like, oh, my God, I'm interviewing some writer who's like super big and blah, blah, blah. And oh, my God. And now I realize like it's all nonsense. Like we're all just trying to get by in this world. You know, like I assure you, I go to the bathroom and I go to bed and they all everyone does. So does Phil Jackson. Like it's just we build people up in our minds, but it's kind of silly. You know, if you saw my office, you'd be like, oh, he works in a crack den. You know, it's not <laughs> nothing impressive here. I promise you. All right, so my last question I have for you is, so the books you write are like the 30 for 30 book version that ESPN is too afraid to really touch on. I think that ESPN is just like, maybe they'll come out with it later, but it's like Jeff Perlman was there first. Did you see anything that's happened in the last like five or 10 years that you're like, this could make a good book, whether it's like the XFL coming back, the AAF just flaming out or... Uh, certain sports teams coming up. Um, have you kind of thought about that or do you have anything in the works or? So here's the thing. Um, the problem, all right, there's a, there's a few answers to that. Number one, there's, but that doesn't mean they'll sell. And I actually need to feed my kids. So like, this is an example. I would love to do uh, a book about the two football leagues that went on this year and, and imploded. I think that'd be a great book. I think five people are buying that book to be honest with you. Because who are you hanging that book on besides Vince McMahon? Who are you? Cardell Jones? You know, like Trent Richardson? Like there's just no, I don't know who's, who that, and that's part of the thing you have to consider when you're, when you're pitching a book, at least I do, is if you look at all the subjects, except for the USFL, every subject I've done from Bonds to Clemens to Favre to the Lakers to Walter Payton, they're all big subjects. doesn't mean they all sell. Like Bonds didn't sell that great. Clemens didn't sell well at all, but they have a shot. And a book about those two football leagues would be really tough. So it'd be fun. It'd be really tough. I think somewhere along the line, there's a great, great LeBron book waiting to be written. I just do. I think somewhere he's iconic. And that guy's crossed the line. He's iconic. You know, like kind of figuring who's iconic versus great. Like iconic icons sell books and make books great. I don't think Mike Trout, for example, Mike Trout might be the greatest baseball player of our lifetimes. I don't think he's an icon. I don't think most people care. And he seems kind of boring. So I'm not, that's a book, but LeBron, there's something about him. That's iconic. He transcends sports. My mom would know who he is. If I said to my mom, Mike Trout, she would have no idea that's a human being walking the earth. So it's hard. Like it's hard to figure out what's a great book. Like I could see maybe one day, Patrick Mahomes being a great book. If he continues one day, a really good Brady biography could be a good book. Um, I don't know. You kind of know it when you see it. Uh, the one that I thought of would be cool would be like a Derek Jeter and how he's portrayed as kind of a villain with the Marlins. But Matt thinks Derek Jeter's overrated, so I don't know why he's saying this. The thing about Jeter, so there's a really good Derek Jeter book that was written a bunch of years ago by Ian O'Connor, who's a really good writer. The thing about Jeter is I'm not sure he's that interesting. The problem, here's the problem with sports. This is the thing about sports that's kind of interesting. Guys like Derek Jeter, guys like Mike Trout, this is their day, more or less, for the majority of every year for two decades. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to have an egg. I'm going to have another egg. I'm going to chase it with a thing of Gatorade. I'm going to go to the stadium, get there early, put in some extra weight work, probably do some sprinting in the outfield. Then I'm going to go take my, my hacks. After my hacks, I'll probably have a protein shake, go in the whirlpool, loosen up my – then I'm going to play. Then I'm going to go home, watch some of my swings on TV, 
maybe catch Seinfeld, going to go to bed, nine o'clock. Next day, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do it all over again. That is a hard life to make a book out of. You know, like you need athletes. The reason someone like Brett Favre is a book, but Aaron Rodgers is not, because Favre lived this interesting, wild life. That's what makes Shaq really interesting. He led this interesting life. So just because someone's a great athlete, which Jeter clearly was, I'm not sure he's a great book. Well, like you said, you like to interview everybody, even if it was just for a day or an hour. If you ever write a Carson Wentz book, we played t-ball with him. So, Wow. Yeah. So if you need you know, any insider info, I got you. I feel like Carson Wentz's career trajectory, I can't really tell where it's going right now. Yeah. Is it going down? Yeah. I just it I is, have right? to throw it out there. If not, you can do my high school football team. We started over five, this. won the next four. So I Let me ask you guys that. a question. Who would you – I mean, serious, question right here. You could pick one guy going forward. Are you going Jared Goff or are you going Carson Wentz? Jared Goff, every day of the week, twice on Sundays. Wow. Jared Goff. Yeah. Personality-wise, uh, Carson's like just – Gets hurt a lot. His college career was plagued by injuries. He's very inconsistent. He can be the best quarterback in the league. Same with Jared Goff. It's like, I would rather have Dak Prescott, honestly, over both of those two. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah it's it's the NFL. It's, in, or it's unpredictable, as everyone can see. You got guys that Alex Smith was on his come up, on just about his start as downhill or downhill spiral of his career and everything ended for him in one second. So it's, it's just something that can happen. I don't disagree. I am a proud university of Delaware graduate, which means I got Joe Flacco on my, I was, uh, I was going to ask you about that, but I wasn't sure if he was Delaware or Delaware state. So I was like, I don't know if that's like a huge rivalry. So I was like, I don't want to like piss him off right now, but yeah, Joe Flacco for sure. Um, I guess the last thing yep. and question yep. I had for you, Jeff, and thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, I honestly haven't read any of your books. I know Matt has, and he was kind of the one who, he, I mean, he was the one who wanted to have you on. I'm, not, like, gonna, I'm not ever going to say no to. You're like, how do we get this loser? You're like, why do we have this loser on the podcast? No, he's written books. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I guess just an English nerd. But I, that. <laughs> um, I always say I need to read more. So. Uh, where would you recommend I start with your books? Our, our listeners, if they're um, interested, which book do you think I, somebody should start with and where would be a good place to buy your books? I feel like if I were telling you, if I wanted to get you into my books and I was like, how do I suck this guy in? Even if you hate the Dallas Cowboys, I think Boys Will Be Boys, which I wrote about the 90s Cowboys, is a, I mean, the first chapter of the book involves Michael Irvin stabbing a teammate in the neck with a pair of barber scissors because he was pissed over a haircut. So, it's very like, it's a lot of cocaine, a lot of craziness. <laughs> you got big characters, Aikman, Emmett, you know, Irvin, Jimmy Johnson, Barry Switzer. Um, so that, uh, I feel like boys would be boys. And my books are available, you know, Amazon or Barnes and Noble, whatever, all these local bookstores, always good. You don't have you any probably find them on eBay for about a nickel. Me? No. I, do, I don't care if you go to the library and take them out. You know, like you don't, I'm honored if people are reading my books, you know? So like, uh, you know. Borrow stuff, you know, exchange it back and forth or, uh, you know, buy it and then return it. Just keep the receipt in it. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll start a Jeff Perlman book club and uh, we'll get back That'd be great. to that. All right. Thanks. You and my mom have something in common. You and my mom have something in common. Neither of you have ever read any of my books. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing to end it on. Jeff, thanks for coming on. Uh, my yeah, pleasure. Appreciate it a ton. Thanks a bunch. Where are you at right now? I'm in my little crack den in Southern California. In Southern California. Is it, is it hazy out? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it has been really bad. Today was okay. It's been, it's been bad, though. A couple of days ago, we walked outside. And was- yeah, but we'll let- well, thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks, thanks Jeff. Jeff. Appreciate it. Criminal of the Week is back, and we have a doozy. What did I do? (laughs) I was going to say Matt, and you said Criminal of the Week. I'm not the Criminal of the Week. You should be sometime, because one host on this show has been. 
and you gave it to yourself. Whoa. But okay, this week, it's not so much that this guy got arrested for like the 15th time in his life. Ex Raider offense lineman Barrett Robbins arrested in Florida, found sleeping outside of a 7-Eleven. Pretty standard. But if you go into the backstory, I knew this name sounded familiar. He's been on HBO because he quote unquote missed the Super Bowl. He was the starting like right guard for the Oakland Raiders. And the story goes he mysteriously disappeared the night before the Super Bowl in San Diego when the Raiders were playing the Bucks. He didn't surface until 8 p.m. the next day. And by then, or maybe it was the night before, Bill Callahan removed him from the game day roster and he couldn't play. He told his wife that he had been out partying down in Tijuana, Mexico because he thought they had won the game already. There's so much to unpack here. First, classic move on his part of just being MIA till 8 p.m. We've all done it at least once or twice in our collegiate careers, not professional football careers. That's what makes us different from this gentleman. Secondly, great choice on geographic location to party. If you're going to do this, I suggest Tijuana, Mexico, have you been? No, but okay. it just seems like, hey, if I'm going to fuck up my career and miss the Super Bowl, I better be in Tijuana, Mexico. Well, Vegas doesn't even account for that. You well, can't even say Vegas. Like You take a step back, and him saying, I thought we already won the game, just blows my mind. Did you think you played in the game? It was in Mexican time. He didn't know what time the game was. Jordan, same time zone. They're literally two miles apart. Actually, that might be... I'm not good at geographics on this podcast. We know that. Okay. But. Whatever you're about to say, just say with confidence. And Tijuana and San Diego are 600 feet apart. You're actually pretty accurate there. I've been to San Diego once. You're wearing a San Diego Chargers shirt. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure Tijuana is right there. Do you want to hear what I did this week? Matt, I've seen you two of the last three days. What did you do this week? I beat the DMV. Beat the DMV? Yep. Could you please elaborate? So, as we know on this podcast, (coughs) I just puked in my mouth. I had expired parking tabs for 14 months and only got one $20 ticket. And my, if I would have paid my tabs, it would have been $87. So I got 14 free months for $67 less than I would have had to pay. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works. You may have a rude awakening coming for you. Um, Like that one time you got your power turned off because you didn't know you had to contact MDU? Yeah, well, that was your house, um, and you didn't contact MDU. You just thought taxes paid for electricity. They don't. Back to your registration, your tabs. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to get, like, doubled down just because you miss a year doesn't mean they just, like, wash it. I'm pretty sure you you have to pay it. So I, red, I red-shirted. You red-shirted your car. Did your car opt out of yep. registering itself during the past calendar year? I red-shirted my car, and they said, you're good. You don't have to pay that except for that $20 ticket that I got from Brodo Baggins, the sheriff. Yeah, well, you know, I opted out of responsibility, taxes, giving a shit, showering some days. It's really nice. You can just kind of do whatever you want. Did you see that Rick Moranis got sucker punched in the face? No. Rick Moranis, like Spaceballs Rick Moranis. Glad I know that. Unprovoked in New York City walking down the street, some guy just absolutely cold clocked him. You're not mad at me. You're mad at your father. (laughs) Honey, I shrunk the kids. Honey, I got knocked the fuck out. Honey, grab a steak out of the freezer. My face is swollen. Little Giants? Yeah, classic. Beat his his brother down Cherry Hill. 
Dude, I was just talking about that movie the other day. Little Giants, you want to know what the best part is? Uh, what's that kid's name? Icebox. Yeah, sure. No, that's the chick. Yeah, Rex. Rex, there you go. When he goes to recruit Rex from his house, and he shows up, and Rex's dad puts out his arm as if it's a pull-up bar, has his kids start doing pull-ups on his arm. That's the best part of the movie. Or the fact that... Except when he took the go-kart there. That was pretty Oh, yeah, a grown man that drives a go-kart. I'm sure he's going places in life. How about when he goes to recruit Rex before he does pull-ups? He's carrying a (laughs) full-size fridge on his back. And it's not just one of these newer fridges that are made of shitty materials and light. It's like one that I have in my garage that you could survive a nuclear disaster in. Those things weigh probably what? 400 pounds. You might even need hydraulic equipment to get that fridge out. And he had a 10-year-old strapped to his back like, yep, 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 yep. Nope, you're not going to see that anymore. They're going to be staring at their iPad with their blue hair and their nose pierced. So, uh, Yeah, the fact that I think he won like a Heisman Trophy and he had like a used car lot. I got to watch that movie back and just take some notes. Let the record show I don't have anything wrong with blue hair. I wish I had the courage to dye my hair blue, but you don't want that. Red hair is bad enough. All right. I want to move on to some people I've been getting mixed up or that I thought were the same people this week. Um, I was pretty convinced that Cardi B and Nicki Minaj were the same person. Nicki Minaj changed her name to Cardi B. That is kind of what I thought. Not true. I'm going to go ahead and let that one slide. I feel like that's a common misconception. Nothing wrong with that. I don't think it matters if you know who either of them are. Uh, The next one's pretty bad. I thought uh, Ruth Gator Binsberg was... (laughs) What? Ruth Gator Bin... What is it? Ruth... I'm pretty sure it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. RBG. You sure it's not RGB? Uh, okay, well... Nobody wins by the KGB! <laughs> well, Ruth Gator Ginsburg, um, I got her and Greta Thunberg mixed up. For I, I'm gonna let that one slide, too. <laughs> I think they're like 70 years apart in age. I think we just lost 50% of our followers. <laughs> well, Ruth Gator Binsberg, I don't know. That girl. Gator. Gator's bitches better be using Jimmy's. Why are you calling yourself Gator? I used to run a dating service. He was a pimp. Yeah, pimp. The KGB will wait for no one. KGB can wait. I spit all over myself. What did I just say? Matt, you've been texting me lately. First question, how did you find that out? How to spell that? I just made sure I did it the first time I sounded it out, and then I would have to go through our conversation and make sure I spelt it the same. So now my phone remembers. So with... The country of origin be the United States for rooted do do boo boo do Germany. Why why Germany? Can Andy, I can I ask why? Andy Bernard's from Germany. I don't know and is Bernarda might be an Irish name. Speaking of Germany, I think it's appropriate that we give a shout-out to our listeners abroad. Although we have a lot in the beautiful United States of America, we also have listeners in Brazil, Australia, United Kingdom, Slovenia, Ireland, Netherlands, Canada, Germany, Czech Republic, France, Singapore, and Belgium. Matt, top two countries out of that list go. Belgium. Why? I like their soccer team. Okay. And their waffles. Okay. And they invented French fries. Pretty basic answer. Other one. 
Singapore. Why? Because they make my shoes. I'm going to go with Australia because of the accents. And that they're half their country burned to the ground. I'm also going to go Czech Republic just because they spell it Czechia on the app here. So Name one person from Czech Republic. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> it's a porn star. <laughs> Uh, Lexi Dona. <laughs> <laughs> Yagamir Yager? I mean, you click... <laughs> you click a... I suppose that's my... These apples, those apples, you click on a profile, it says Czech Republic right there. I don't know. Can we get into some Olympics? Actually, I have um, okay. a Cleary's comment. If I could find it here. These guys, these guys, these guys. Oh, Matt and I have a Trey Lance bet. Do you remember this discussion, Matthew? Yes, it was last night. And I said, let's save it for the podcast. Okay, so here we are at the podcast. Trey Lance bet worth $20. Matt thinks he will be drafted 11 overall or later in the next draft, whenever that may be. I'm going to go ahead and say he's going to be drafted either number one all the way to number 10. So we're putting it at 10 and a half. You betcha. Shake on it. Your hands are so greasy. Why are your hands so cold? Because I've been drinking the twisted tea. Were they next to your heart? Yeah, but my heart's nice and warm in this jumpsuit I'm wearing. (laughs) That jumpsuit looks like it very well could have been something a guy died in. Well, it may have been. It was only 50 cents. Does it have death stains on the inside of it? I checked for death stains. I didn't see any. There's just a few white stains around the crotch. <laughs> nothing Nothing. a little shout can't take care of. Hey, 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 Come on, shout now. Come on, shout now. This is a fun episode. Shout out to the Twitter bios. That have Bill's Mafia, but also a Bible verse. You get one. You get one. It's similar to that college situation, Matt. What is it? You, out of the three, you get good grades, social life, and sleep. And sleep. Choose two out of the three. That's what you get. When it comes to your Twitter bio, either choose Bill's Mafia or a Bible verse. You can't do both. This is Twitter etiquette. Also called Twitikit. That's not a thing. That is not a thing. Twitikit. I just started it, though. Okay, I can get on board with that. No Brains, No Headache podcast. Twitikit. Twitikit. Ancestors protect me. May they protect you. This week we did Olympics of Duos, open for interpretation. A pair that you truly enjoy. But before we get there, before I forget, Matt, in the interview earlier with Jeff, you claimed that you and I are 27 years of age. Um, I can tell our listeners right now, and very confidently, we are not. We are 26 years old. Why did you say we're 27? Uh, first off, my excuse is I rounded up, but the honest answer is I panicked and just blanked and Threw out a number. Well, at least you weren't, like, way off. Like, if you would have said 30, I would have been like, Jesus, what is your problem? <laughs> yeah. I... But the thing is, Matt and I actually have birthdays that are within five, six days of each other, within a week, and that's still not for three more months. So hey. <laughs> I don't know how you can round up. Hey, if, if you're rounding up and something's 2.7, what do you round up to? Well, I was just curious, and I was concerned I had to address it because our listeners are probably listening to the interview, and we're like, wait a minute. These guys are not 27 years old. We act like we're 17, but let's get to some Olympics. All right, I have two did-not-qualifies of Olympics of duos. My first one, ketchup and mustard. Ketchup, great. Dynamite condiment. Mustard, yellow mustard. Dog's asshole. The worst fucking condiment. It's way too aggressive. It changes the complete texture of any hot dog. 
and or dipping sauce. Do you know what texture is? Uh, taste. That's oh. what I was going for. I also yeah. said that smells like 98 for Tennessee. Hey, man, I don't blame you. My goal in life is just to stay out of the Federal Reserve, okay? My next did not qualify. Bert and Ernie. Not great. Why are they living together? You Googled duos, didn't you? Yeah, and that was one that just pissed me off. That's the only one I took off the Google. But Bert and Ernie, I'm out. I mean, I get it. They live together. I think you just missed that era, though. We just missed that era. As 26-year-olds, we missed that. And sometimes 27. Sesame Street era. Why would you say we're older? That's the opposite. We're getting to the point of the the age where like you don't want to be older. Uh, we don't hit that till you get on the other side of thirty five. Oh, so now you're a life guru. Okay, what's your lost in the metal round? S and P, the choice for me: salt and pepper. It's great on steaks. It's great on everything. Salt and pepper. Without it, food would kind of suck. I've thought about doing the salt and pepper. But I'm also not a no-ball pussy loser, so I actually got creative. My lost in the medal round of Olympics of duos, it's a bed and fresh sheets. They don't stay fresh for very long, so you just got to be grateful for it while it lasts. Yeah, when you're looking up Czech Republic porn stars, they don't stay fresh for Okay, long. well, check out Lexi Dona, L-E-X-I-D-O-N-A. You're going to enjoy it was 100% convinced you were going to go with bed and breakfast, and I was going to be like, whoa, you've never been to one of those. I love me a good B&B. <laughs> My bronze medal, Lewis and Clark. Wow, how did I not think of that? That was the only one I thought of as I was driving to the grocery store today. Lewis and Clark, all-time duo. They traveled to the Pacific Ocean. I was going to say Atlantic. Maybe it's it was known as the Frontier back then. Can and you name their first names? Meriwether Lewis and Longfellow Clark. <laughs> or William Clark. There you go. Longfellow, not a bad guess. Who's your bronze? My bronze medal. And Matt, you will respect this, and if you don't, I have concrete evidence on the contrary. Double Box TV. So basically the duo is just TV plus TV, two TVs. Uh, It's there for your entertainment, viewing, pleasure. If you haven't done the double box, try it. You don't need all the sports on to do it. It's very therapeutic to have a movie on one, sports on the other. We golf on one, Czech Republic porn on the other. You know, you just got to do what you got to do. I I really like that one. I actually, I was way more like people and things centric but yeah i know i like that you're basic so i thought out of the box this time my silver is shaggy and scooby from scooby-doo they're always the duo when they split up you put the guy with the dog who the only reason he can talk to the dog is because he's blazed out of his mind Mm -hmm. i don't know who in the group decides how they split up but it's absolutely terrible it's like picking all the weak kids to play on one dodgeball team and all the good kids to play on the other. I don't know why it happens, but I'm glad it does. Scooby and Shaggy, silver medal, I love them. Who is, what is the better machine? Mystery machine or mean machine? Mean machine. Mean. If I had a mystery machine, like if I had an Uncle Rico van, I've tried to pitch it to you at least twice on this podcast. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy a van. I'm not buying a van. I'll drive the van you buy. Let's make that very clear. Also, may live in the van (laughs) you buy. So I think that's what's really holding you back. Park it on the side of the house. Use the backyard for the shitter. Don't you play croquet out there? No, it's front yard. Okay. Gentlemen, I see. My silver round... And I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't do any, like, humans. Like, I don't have, you know, lamb and tuna fish, Scotty and Jordan, you know. I don't have that. Peanut butter and ladies. 
I don't have that. My silver round beer and shower, a.k.a. the shower beer. Once again, just like the fresh sheets plus the bed, it's a rare occasion, and you know whatever is coming after, it's going to be a good time. Have you ever had a shower beer and not had a good night? Matt, tell me that. Uh, I used to have the best shower. When I lived at my mom's for my sophomore year of college, it had a seat in it. Oh. Oh, man. Shower seat. Yeah, and it had a perfect cup holder to the right. Sometimes I would just get lost and grab four beers, go in there for a half hour. But riddle me this, have you had a bad night after shower beer? Uh, no, unless you slip in the shower while drinking a beer. Tear your ACL. I don't think you're having a bad night. My gold medal, Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. So Dumb and Dumber. Yep. <laughs> Absolute in my top five of best comedies of all time. It's top five movies of all time. Oh, yeah, me. absolutely. It's from start to finish, one of the better movies ever made. Harry and Lloyd are hilarious throughout. The beauty of that movie and the reason i love it so much is we are 26 year olds and i'm still finding jokes in that movie the most recent one i discovered they're in aspen they're walking down the main drag walk by that guy or that a guy and a gal and one comments on how beautiful the gal is and jim carrey lloyd goes he must work out. Look at the buns on that. Yeah, look dude. at the buns on that. He must work out. I thought he works out so he gets the chick with hot buns because he's aesthetic. Wrong. He thought <laughs> that he meant the dude's buns, and that's what he commented on. Uh, Nothing beats, I think there's a gif of it, but when she says, toilet's broken... And his face. (laughs) Or when they're riding into Aspen on the uh, moped. And he's like, can we stop? I have to go to the bathroom. Just go. Oh, it's so warm. Classic. Just willingly wetting your pants. I know people. I know people. And those people know who they are. Have you ever been so hungover that you think about just pissing the bed because you don't want to get up? I can't say I have. Yeah, dude, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) My gold medal, No Brains, No Headache podcast, Olympics of Duos, open for interpretation as usual, meat and cheese. There's no better and no more fulfilling snack out there. You could easily swap in crackers for a dynamite pairing. It's very versatile, it's quick, it's speedy. Flying under the radar. <laughs> Meat and cheese, gold round, Olympics of duos. That is always the best when I'm at work and they're like, oh, some one of your clients brought a meat and cheese tray. It's oh. up in the lobby. And I just try to beat everyone there so I can take it from my own department. It starts a huge war and everyone gets pissed at each other because I stole the meat and cheese tray. Well, if there's anything in this world worth stealing, it's a meat and cheese tray. The very versatile. I'm not kidding about that. You could have it at the most important meeting and formal meeting of your life. You could also have it with your buddies drunk at 2 a.m. after a day of ice fishing. And you still got the scales on your fingers. Were, did you have any that like didn't quite make your list? Yes, I did. I had like mac and cheese. Who's mac? Macaroni and cheese. Um, I had a Caesar and beer chaser. That one's really critical because I think people order Caesars a lot at restaurants and bars and what have you. They don't realize that part of that Caesar or Bloody Mary, part of that is a beer chaser. So when you go next time and you order a Caesar or you order a Bloody Mary, you don't usually get, it's just like a little cup of like tap beer. It's not a whole lot. Isn't it usually like a Miller High Life like grenade? You can usually choose, like, 
I always get a bush light beer chaser with I get Caesars. But whatever tomato-y drink you want, next time you go to the bar, here's a little tip for you. Ask for a beer chaser. I'm pretty sure they're legally obliged to give you one. Don't know if that's even remotely true, but I don't know enough about it to dispute it. Mini Helmet Fantasy Football Patented by No Brains No Headache Podcast. Matt, before we get into week five, how did last week's results end up? Um, I actually went four and one against you, but it was close. Um, you had Tom Brady who had 45 points, which is huge for a quarterback. I just happened to have Dak Prescott who scored 50. Uh, running backs was within two points. Wide receivers was 0.2 points difference. Tight ends was two point difference. And flex was four point difference. So it could have gone either way, honestly. So I lost four to one in our ruling. That is two shooters. I drew some earlier before we started recording. I already took down a 1941 vodka shooter. Pretty good vodka. Tito's knockoff. Yep, check it out. It's actually pretty decent. No free ads. And then I also have a 99 brand coconuts. Uh, as you know, we bought a bunch of 99 bananas. That, 99 might, be the, that might be the worst one. Coconut? Yeah. Well, I'm going to get into it. See you on the other side. <laughs> you have the same face that I had with 99 bananas. <laughs> the 99 coconut. Very strong. Any of you guys get any action this weekend? No, I went to visit grandfather. Am I drooling? I'm definitely drooling. Well, you let it sit in your mouth for a while, which is just oh, bad. It's, just, it's coconut. I mean, what do you do? The only thing good that's coconut, Samoa's cookies. Has anybody ever shotgunned a shooter? It would make sense. No, it doesn't. Shotgunning a shooter. Oh, okay. I get it now. Let's get into it. You're first this week. My quarterback... Week 5, Mini Helmet Fantasy Football. Jesus H. Christ, I drove the Broncos. Um, we're going to take a TV timeout so I can read eight articles really quick. All right, I'm going to go with the strategy play here just because it's categories and not points. I believe Blake Bortles is on the Denver Broncos roster. Am I correct? Third string. I'm taking him. All right. Also, what I just read, Drew Locke's expected to play. Perfect. Do love the Bortles pick, though. Not as much as I love Drew Locke, though. My quarterback. Oh, boy. From the Chicago Bears. I honestly have no idea who's even starting. I'm just saying you got to go bold sometimes because I could have picked Justin Herbert the week Terod got stabbed in the chest by his trainer, so... Go, go bold or go home. We're in your home, so I know it's going to be hard to do, but try your best. All right, I'm going to go with Nick Foles. So we have a real battle at quarterback this week. Matt Choice, BDN for the Chicago Bears. On to my mini helmet fantasy football week five. Running back pick. Please be the Vikings. Please be the Vikings. Please be the Vikings. I got the Kansas City Chiefs. I will go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Good pick, good pick, good pick. Probably not. Darwin Thompson's probably going to have eight touchdowns. Kareem Hunt from the Cleveland Browns. Well, this is where I retire from everything. Well, it's either between him or Ernest goes to jail, so. Yeah, well, what are the chances you pull the Browns after my boy Nick Chubb gets absolutely meat-wagoned? My wide receiver pick will be the Arizona Cardinals. I'll go with DeAndreas Hopkins. Let's hope they don't suck. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one to beat. My wide receiver, mother fuck. Terry McLaurin from the Washington R-Words. Washington football team. Football team. Matt, your boy Kyle Allen got the nod at starter. Old Panthers starter as of last year. I thought they were going with Haskins again. That doesn't fucking matter. I'm going to lose wide receiver anyways. Your boy Ron Rivera and Kyle Allen. 
Might do you wonders. Tight end pick, mini helmet, fantasy football. Nets doing things. Tight end pick is the Dallas Cowboys. Jason Witten. Cowboys tight end, Dalton Schultz. My tight end pick, Rob Gronkowski from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been very quiet all year after his year off, but I think that might be a decent pick. O.J. Howard just went on the IR. Tom loves to huck it. Feels like all of their wide receivers are injured, plus half their backfield. But they do play what would be tonight on Thursday Night Football. My flex pick. The Nerland Saints. I'm going to go with Elvin Kamara. Elvin and the Chipmunks Kamara. Yeah, well, you'll probably get Delvin here, so. Does Calvin Johnson still play for the Lions? The Detroit Leones? Kenny Galladay? Is that what you read from the teleprompter? Yeah. Kenny G for the Lions. Before we wrap it up, Matt, we better at least mention the Minnesota Vikings. They're in the win column for the first time all season. And subsequently, Bill O'Brien, the head coach and GM. And play caller this week. Gets canned. So that's probably more interesting than the Vikings win. But I couldn't go to sleep tonight without mentioning it. Good for you. Uh, I'm on this. I'm in this weird area where I don't want the Panthers. I don't want them to go eight and eight. I want them to go two and fourteen and get the one to three overall pick, or I want them to win the Super Bowl. But right now, Teddy looks great. They look like a fringe playoff team. But this was supposed to be a rebuilding year. I don't. Their rookies are so good. Jeremy Chin leading the league, uh, leading the team in tackles. Matir Gross Matus sacks in back to back game. More than JJ Watt can say for himself. What about your boy Robbie Anderson? If he plays his cards right, he'll be criminal of the week anytime now. Oh, if they win the Super Bowl, he might like blow up a yacht. Plus, he could make the all hair team. Excellent hair. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think. The Panthers are a complete team, O-line, a little bit of a question mark. Secondary, up in the air, but I like where the Panthers are going. I was hoping they weren't going to be this good this fast, but when you draft seven defensive players, who knows what's going to happen? Who really knows? We're a quarter way through the season. Who do you think are the Super Bowl contenders if that happens? Because COVID seems to be a problem. Honestly, right now, I think it's... The Chiefs to lose in the AFC. And honestly, the Packers. Because the Packers had absolutely no one. And Rodgers somehow wins games. And Rodgers right now, him, Josh Allen, and Russell Wilson are the MVPs right now. Yeah, I call the Green Bay Packers the double A Ron. Because they have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones on offense. Aaron Jones is a spectacular... Human being. Also, I think they just drafted Jordan Love to piss off Aaron Rodgers so he'd be this good. Sometimes you have to draft mentally, not physically. Jordan Love does not even dress. Yeah, sometimes you have to draft mentally, not physically, because it just lit a fire under Aaron Rodgers, and I'd be scared to be in the way of the Packers. Uh, Also, on the other side of the ball, Jair Alexander... Defensive players, especially cornerbacks, they don't get the love sometimes. He's been pretty shut down. Also, my I don't want to get too analytical, but he's a shutdown corner plus the double A run on offense for the Packers. Wow. My least valuable player this week, J.J. Watt. That is all we wrote for today, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to support the podcast, More than just listening, here is what you can do. First, you're going to want to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, NBNHpod, you'll find us. Secondly, write a review and rate us on Apple. If you're a Spotify person, 
Just follow us. Thirdly, tell your friends and family members about this awesome podcast that you've been listening to. There's only a million out there. I don't think one more suggestion will hurt. Thank you so much for it. We really appreciate all your support so far. Looking forward to next week, we are doing a no-brains investigation of American Murder, The Family Next Door on Netflix with Riley Nagel. Riley is the host of Stranger Nags podcast, where he discusses movies, TV shows, and entertainment news. He's available on Spotify or check out Stranger Nags podcast on Facebook. Looking forward to it. As the Italians say, ciao.